The Gospel according to Luke, the 24th chapter. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sin is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and, lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. The word of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It is so good to gather today on this day where we're celebrating Ascension. We'll call it Ascension Sunday. That happened last Thursday, 40 days after Jesus was raised from the dead. So if you're worshiping from home or here, what a joy. Just a little side note, um, your leadership of your church is very well aware that some things are changing with mask restrictions and vaccinations and all of that, and we're going to be unpacking and thinking about how we live into the next stage in this journey. So just know that lots of conversation is going on about that, and so take a deep breath even though you have your mask still on and, uh, and know we're working with that. How does this work? Ever ask that question? We've all been faced with learning a lot of new stuff during this year-and-a-half pandemic time. Yet, truthfully, it's always a challenge. I go back to buying some furniture from Ikea. Back many years ago when the kids were young, I think it was some kind of trundle bed. Well, one is always faced with an important decision. Do I go it alone? Do I go it alone or do I read and consult the construction manual? <laughs> and I confess that figuring out how something works isn't really my strong suit. But after many humiliating, epic fails, I've come to know the importance of getting out the instruction manual. Well, when it comes to humanity's search for meaning and something greater than ourselves, I think we face a similar dilemma. Do we go it alone or do we go somewhere to get some help. It's a fundamental belief that although God is certainly accessible in our reason and in creation, that 
there's something missing. God is accessible in lots of ways, but God, we believe, has in Christ Jesus culminated the whole story, and that that, the event of Christ Jesus, is the special revelation of God. God coming to us. God making clear what is unclear if we're left to our own reason or just by looking at the world around us. The Bible, the biblical story shows us how it works, shows us what we can't achieve on our own, shows us where God is to be found. And so today, we celebrate what happened in the story of just a few days ago, the ascension of Jesus. Up he goes into heaven after 40 days of appearing to his followers. So here is a question. What does the ascension add to the special revelation of God in Christ? If the event of Jesus is really God coming to us and helping us see what we couldn't otherwise see, how does the ascension finish that story off? What does it add? What does it tell us? I remember talking to a grandparent in my former congregation, Grandpa Wisner. He was enjoying something his four-year-old granddaughter had said to him after Easter that year. Grandpa, they tell me Jesus died. And now they tell me he's alive. Which is it? Well, the ascension says Jesus is alive. The victory won, death defeated once and for all. Jesus, after he's raised, does not die, but goes to heaven. And although it's nice to know Jesus is alive, it's way better to know where we might encounter our alive and risen Savior, isn't it? And this is where ascension comes in big time. Where do we find Jesus? Or said more simply, okay, where'd he go? Well, you might be thinking, Pastor Bill, didn't you read the lessons today? He went up into heaven. He's at the right hand. We say it every Sunday in the creed. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. This is where Jesus is. Of course, yes, the ascension tells us Jesus isn't with us anymore in the way he was for the disciples, the first disciples, the first apostles. Interestingly, the ascension tells us that Jesus actually is absent. Hmm. And this event of his departure is actually a bridge to what we'll celebrate next Sunday in a Pentecost Sunday. His sending of the Holy Spirit to bring us his presence. So yes, the ascension says Jesus is no longer here the way he was, but as he said in his own words in the Gospel of John, I go so that I can send the comforter, the advocate. End of story, right? Thanks, Pastor Bill, for telling us the obvious today. But wait. 
there's more. Not that I'm not satisfied with the indwelling of the Spirit, with the spiritual presence of Jesus, with the outpouring of the Spirit, but wouldn't it be amazing if the ascension gave us a clue to where God can be actually found tangibly right now? Does the ascension simply mean that Jesus is now in heaven, and is that it? Oh, let's, let's dig a little deeper. Where is Jesus? Where did he go? Let's use the beautiful words that Paul spoke to us from Ephesians today. Paul says, God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Okay, okay, we got that part. But he goes on. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is to be named. Now this is a way to say Jesus is God and not a secondary God. And that he is above everything. His name is the ultimate authority and power. By the way, that's why we pray in Jesus' name, if you didn't know that. But let's keep going. Not only in this age, but in the age to come, i.e. the ascension tells us Jesus rules not just back way back in history, not just now, but also in the future and forever. And he has put all things under his feet and made him the head over everything. Okay, like I say, we got that part. For the church, which is his body. Whoa! Wait a minute! Did you catch that? I thought Jesus was in heaven. But his body, Paul says, is here in the church. His church, his gathered group of disciples are his body. All y'all are Jesus' body? Where is Jesus? Take a look around. You see, we exist to bring Jesus to people and give them his gifts. Jesus said that when he ascended, if you heard it today from Acts and in the end of Luke, that we are his witnesses. Paul says we are his body, we are his physical, tangible presence here, and we are his witnesses. We tell others of what he did and what it means. We are his witnesses. And in Jesus' own words from the Luke, he says, for the forgiveness of sins in his name. Why do we exist? To connect people to Christ and bring him the gift of forgiveness and his love. Jesus what does the ascension tell us? The ascension forces us to take refuge. Listen to this. Listen good. Focus right now. 
the ascension tells us that we must take refuge in the gospel, in the good news that is preached by his tangible kingdom on earth, the church. Life doesn't number on us, doesn't it? It will even make us question whether God is good. Or even deeper, if there is even a God. If all we're left with is our experiences, all that we're left with is our own thinking, life is going to do a number on us, and we're going to be left wondering a lot. How does it work? The ascension says God is hidden in plain sight. We find Jesus here in this word of which and for which we are witnesses. So when the chips are down, run to this word. Run to the gospel and not to your own reason. God is a very present in trouble, Psalm 46 says. God's help comes in a word like this one. Nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. But one final note. Believe it or not, there is more. Paul finishes with this mind-blowing phrase. The fullness, the church is, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Where is Jesus? Where is the right hand of God? You see, the right hand of God is not a place at all. Psalm 118 says, The right hand of the Lord has triumphed. The right hand, you see, of God fills all in all, is in everything and everywhere. Jesus is everywhere and in everything, but no doubt hidden until his word comes and says something like, take and eat, this is my body. Take and drink, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Oh man, hearing that, I just can't wait to get to that meal today. Where's Jesus? The ascension tells us here, in word, in your hearing, and in this meal, and in those sitting around you. Thanks be to God. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.